Are you like millions across the country concerned about blood pressure, heart health, or energy levels? Meet Berkeley Life, a once-a-day supplement that supports healthy circulation and may help maintain a healthy heart. Berkeley Life is scientifically developed to boost nitric oxide, a signaling molecule your body naturally produces that helps maintain a healthy cardiovascular system. Berkeley Life is a 100% drug-free supplement without the nasty side effects of prescription drugs. It's one of my personal solutions to maintain cardiovascular health and vitality throughout the day. Berkeley Life also has a test strip that allows you to track your nitric oxide production as you supplement. If you're worried about blood pressure, now is the time to try Berkeley Life. Head to agewellbl.com Hoffman and use offer code Hoffman at checkout for 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's agewellbl.com slash Hoffman for Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Support Supplements. agewellbl.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for downloading these podcasts. Spread the word. These Intelligent Medicine podcasts are free and available to you at drhoffman.com. That's www.drhoffman.com. Another free resource for you is the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. Go to drhoffman.com and sign up. Comes out once a week, typically around Wednesday, and they're free. You may unsubscribe at any time. If you wish to send me an email with a question that you'd like to hear me weigh in on on this program or a topic of interest, you may do so. Radioprogram at aol.com is the email. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. So, how many of us are eating enough fiber? We're always hearing that we should eat more fiber. Now, there is a study in Japan, not a cause and effect study, a retrospective study, that offers some food for thought that a high fiber diet may reduce the risk of dementia. So we know that we should eat more fiber. And it's known to be vitally important for a healthy digestive system and also has cardiovascular benefits like reduced cholesterol, right? Now, evidence is emerging that fiber is also important for a healthy brain. And in a new study published this month in the journal Nutritional Neuroscience, that's Nutritional Neuroscience, researchers in Japan have shown that a high-fiber diet is associated with a reduced risk of developing dementia. I want to be clear. They see an association in this study of high-fiber diet and reduced risk of dementia. It's not a cause and effect. So we know that dementia is devastating. It usually requires long-term care, uh, you know, constant supervision. And these researchers were interested in some recent research which suggested that dietary fiber may play a role 
may play actually a preventative role. And they investigated this using data that they collected from thousands of adults in Japan for a large study that started in the 1980s. So they, they followed this large cohort of people in Japan in, starting in the 1980s. Participants completed surveys that assessed their dietary intakes between 1985 and 1999. That's almost for 15 years. They were generally healthy and aged between 40 years old and 64 years old. They were then followed up from 1999 to the year 2020. And it was noted whether they developed dementia that required care. The researchers split the data, you know, from a total of 3,739 adults into four groups according to the amount of fiber in their diets. Now, a little caveat here. Remember that the participants completed surveys that assessed their dietary intake. That could be hard to do. You know, what did you eat or how, how often did you eat these particular foods during such and such a time period? That could be hard to do and there can be some bias because it may, you know, people may have the tendency to report what they think would be a better answer than what they actually consumed. So there are a lot of caveats here. Well, moving on. The team also imagined, uh, examined, the team also examined whether there were differences for the two main types of fiber, soluble and insoluble fibers. Soluble fibers, they're found in foods like oats and legumes, right? And are important for beneficial bacteria that live in the gut, as well as other health benefits. Insoluble fibers are found in whole grains, you know, like the bran, vegetables, and some other foods, and are known to be important for bowel health. Vegetables, definitely fruits. Uh, the researchers found that the link between fiber intake and dementia was more pronounced for soluble fibers. So we're talking about the oats, the legumes, the apples, all of that. So the team has some ideas as to what might underlie the link between dietary fiber and the risk of dementia. The mechanisms, quote, the mechanisms are currently unknown but might involve the interactions that take place between the gut and the brain. Yes, the gut-brain axis. Quote, one possibility is that soluble fiber regulates the composition of gut bacteria. This composition may affect neuroinflammation, which plays a role in the onset of dementia. It's also possible that dietary fiber <clears throat> may reduce other risk factors for dementia, such as body weight, blood pressure, lipids, and glucose levels. Absolutely. The work is still at an early stage, and it's important 
to confirm the association in other populations. Now, this is true. There can be many things, many mechanisms at play here. The gut-brain axis, soluble fiber feeds beneficial bacteria in the gut. When the gut is healthier, it can make more neurotransmitters. It can, uh, it can, you can have an, a healthier microbiome, right? All of that, which in turn affects our immune system, which can help to modulate inflammation. Eating enough fiber, generally you have to be eating a healthy diet to get as much fiber, soluble and insoluble. So we can make some other assumptions that the people who are eating more fiber are less likely to be overweight or obese. Therefore, they're less likely to have glucose intolerances like metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, and type 2 diabetes. And because there will be less overweight and obesity, we can also assume that there will be less hypertension, high blood pressure. So there are lots of things at play here. And especially in the setting of glucose intolerances, one form of dementia, Alzheimer's disease, is also called type 3 diabetes. It's a, it's a glucose intolerance. It's an insulin resistance, a diabetes of the brain, where the brain is no longer processing glucose well. It prefers the byproducts of fat, fat metabolism, known as ketones. So there is that. In many countries today, such as in the U.S. and Australia, many people consume less fiber than is recommended by nutritionists. And, you know, we have to encourage healthy eating habits with high dietary fiber and that it may impact, it can lessen the risk for dementia. Important stuff. And there are many assumptions to be made here. Again, this is out of the out of the journal Nutritional Neuroscience in February, February of this year, 2022. As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Moving on to something else. And this is from Integrative Practitioner. Reducing stress may help manage atrial fibrillation. We're seeing more atrial fibrillation, particularly in adults, and especially as they get older. 
A recent report by the American College of Cardiology <clears throat> explored the connection between stress and atrial fibrillation, let's call it AFib, it's called AFib, and whether targeted stress reduction could be an effective intervention for the condition. This paper was published in JACC Clinical Electrophysiology. That's JACC Clinical Electrophysiology. And this is coming out of the Diabetes Institute in Melbourne, Australia. This is from the Clinical Electrophysiology Research at Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute in Melbourne. In the review, scientists sought to better understand how reduced stress could improve the management of AFib, which is a type of abnormal heartbeat, which can lead to blood clots, stroke, and heart failure. The authors acknowledged that although there is mounting evidence that associates stress with poor health outcomes so far, the connection has been nonspecific. And to better define the relationship between stress and AFib, researchers analyzed studies which focused on how acute and chronic stress can lead to AFib. The effects of stress has on heart health, measurements of stress, and how stress responses differ between men and women. Because we know the responses can be different between males and females. So the study's authors determined that the relationship between stress and AFib is bidirectional. And according to the report, stress can induce AFib by negatively affecting the immune and automatic nervous system or autonomic nervous system. Chronic stress can also lead to weight gain, substance use, and decreased physical activity, which all increase the risk of AFib. Stress begets AFib and AFib begets stress. When we are managing AFib patients, clinicians tend to focus on the physical symptoms of AFib and not fully consider both baseline and evolving mental health consequences to having a heart rhythm disorder. So let me tell you other sources, other reasons for developing AFib. And I've talked about it on this podcast before because I read a really interesting article about it. I've written a couple uh, myself for the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. Maybe I'll reprise some of them. It's lifestyle. Just like I've said, that type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle choice. You eat all those carbs, it causes a glucose intolerance, an insulin dysregulation, all that kind of thing. AFib, it's, it's the same thing. Having an unstable blood sugar can set off, if hypoglycemia or low blood sugar can set off your autonomic nervous system, increase your cortisol levels, and that sets the stage for something like atrial fibrillation not getting enough exercise because you want a strong heart 
and lung capacity so that you have a healthy lung, you have a healthy heart rhythm, not an abnormal one, right? You want to eat the right way. Other things that can disturb your heart rhythm and dysregulation is alcohol intake. And one of the things I found very intriguing is we're finding more people who are retired are developing AFib. And the question was why? And the answer was happy hour. Ah, go figure. You're retired. More reason to get together with others in your clan for happy hour. Hey, enjoy yourself. I'm all for that. But, you know, more happy hour than maybe you did before when you were working. And that could lead to too much alcohol. You know, could lead to heavy drinking. Anything more than two drinks for a man, more than one drink for a woman. Or really more than, you know, four drinks is heavy drinking, definitely. Now, I know that that definition would be different in Italy and in France. But I believe there is more liver disease, especially in France because of the alcohol intake. Anyway, maybe less cardiovascular disease, but, you know. And here, here is a, a reason that overdoing anything or even having small amounts of alcohol can bring on a heart rhythm disorder like AFib, right? It's an abnormal heartbeat, which can lead to blood clots, stroke, and eventually heart failure. So remember, these, these authors said stress begets AFib and AFib begets stress. It's psychological stress, absolutely. Because when we're anxious, our, our heart is palpitate. You know, we're having palpitations, right? That can may set the stage for AFib, especially when it becomes chronic. But there's physiological stress like having higher cortisol levels, that can increase your heartbeat because that's a stress hormone. Eating poorly or having unstable blood sugar and hypoglycemia, that also increases cortisol because your cortisol is, is what's trying to re-regulate your blood glucose level. But at the same time, it's a stress response. So physiological stress even if your stress is not mental, emotional, physiological stress created by poor eating habits and drinking, drinking regularly, drinking regularly and certainly drinking too much can cause these abnormal heart rhythms and set the stage for AFib. That's what we're talking about. So according to these authors, their conclusion indicate that stress management in the form of mindfulness therapy and yoga, meditation, may be effective tools to both prevent AFib and manage the condition. By recognizing stress as a potentially modifiable risk factor in these patients builds on a more holistic approach to atrial fibrillation management. And as such, targeted stress reduction may improve symptom perception and outcomes for patients with AFib. So this paper indicates 
that there are associations between stress and AFib and suggests that stress management tools have the potential to improve AFib patient outcomes. And of course, as at the end of every study, they always say further research is needed to determine specific interventions for targeting stress relief as it relates to AFib. But yeah, we're seeing more and more AFib. It could be also caused by caffeine. You know, if you're drinking coffees and teas, caffeinated beverages, it could be the Red Bull, the monster drinks you're having, the Mountain Dew you're drinking. Oi, don't don't have that because you're getting a lot of sugar there too. Caffeine can set the stage for AFib, especially if you're a poor metabolizer of caffeine. That's actually genetic. But you would know yourself because you might have a cup of coffee or a strong cup of tea or two and feel the effects. You get jittery. You get a little ADD because you find you can't focus well. You're reading the same sentence or paragraph in your book or newspaper over and over. That's a caffeine-induced ADD. That's what we're talking about here. All the things that you can control with what you put in your pie hole, (laughs) your mouth, what you put in your mouth, right? It changes the locus of control to internal. That is very, very, very empowering. So if there is stress in your life, at the very least, learn to breathe, deep belly breathing, soft belly breathing. Dr. Andrew Weil, has talked about this this often. Inhaling through your nose for a count of six or eight or four to eight and exhaling through your mouth for four to eight seconds. It forces your sympathetic nervous system to calm down. Another thing that can help to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system which is the inhibitory side of the autonomic nervous system, is by doing a yoga breathing tactic, which is left nostril breathing. When you pinch your right nostril shut and breathe only through your your left nostril for half a minute or a minute, deep breathing, it can stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system which is the chill out, relax side of your nervous system, the inhibitory side. And that may help you. But deep belly breathing through your nose, out your mouth, both nostrils, is very, very beneficial. Remember to do this several times a day. Remember to breathe. Focus on the breath. Big yoga principle as well. I'm a big fan of yoga. So... Again, if you wish to send me an email, topics of interest or questions, the email is radioprogram to AOL.com, radioprogram at AOL.com. Again, that's radioprogram at AOL.com. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods, black garlic, 
black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturephafm, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care. 